One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. How's it going, everyone? Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the Western Centric podcast as part of the Hockey Writers Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colton Davies, and alongside me is my co-host and credentialed Vancouver Canucks contributor and prospects guru, Matthew Zader. Today, we'll be talking about European WHL alumni who are participating at the 2022 Winter Games. We'll be talking about the Blazers' nine-game win streak, Connor Bedard's sensational goal that he scored against the Calgary Hitmen this weekend, the Spokane Chiefs retired Tyler Johnson's number, as well as some other news. And of course, we'll cap this episode off with our second guest, Logan Stankoven, the current Camels Blazers captain, as he joins us on the show this afternoon. So we'll start things off with just some Olympic talk right away, as that's obviously what's been going on over this weekend. And it's been it's been fun to watch. I've been kind of catching some highlights here and there. Um, what are your thoughts, Matthew? You've been enjoying the Olympics so far? Yeah, it's it's been good. I mean, uh the men's stuff hasn't started yet, but uh, women's there. I mean, Canada's just dominating uh, like yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haven't played the U.S. yet. That's going to be a really tight game. It's a really good game that's coming up today. So um, definitely be watching that. And yep. it's going to be interesting to see what uh, how the Olympics goes. I mean, the men's always starts later um, in the Olympics. So that's, I think, the 9th to the 10th is when the first games are. So that's coming up. So yeah, but the Olympics itself, uh, Canada's got a few medals already. It's it's been it's been uh, fun to watch some of the events, and the snowboarding is is kind of a is interesting to watch. Uh, that's the one I've been kind of watching so far. But uh, hockey is always the 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 big thing I look forward to. Oh yeah, of course I I like that like the freestyle snowboarding and freestyle skiing and that type of thing, and just them doing all those tricks and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, we'll get right into it. So Czechia, they, of course, have Michael Repic, a guy that you would, of course, be familiar yeah. with, who a former Vancouver giant. Um, Patrick Bartosak, a former goaltender for the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, Roman Will, Thomas Kunderadik, Yuri Smejkal, and Matej Stransky. Those are all the former WHL players. Um, what do you remember about Michael Repic? Oh, Repic uh, played for the Giants for a number of years. And, uh, I mean, I thought he was going to be a top six forward in the NHL, but I mean, he did play for the, the Florida Panthers for a bit there. Uh, kind of played a few games, had a cup of coffee with them and, but to never really caught on in the NHL because he had a lot of skill. I mean, he scored a lot of goals for the giants. He played, I think four seasons um, over here. And I remember, I remember him and he, he was a, a pretty prolific scorer and exciting guy to watch. And, this is again where you don't know if these guys are going to be able to translate their skills in the NHL and unfortunately never did, but um, having some, having a good season, some good seasons in, in Europe now, and now he's playing for Czechia in the, the Olympics. So um, it's stuff how it kind of goes around circle and he's getting a chance at the Olympics, which is great. Yeah. I, I think that's great for him. He's somebody I remember too, as a kid growing up and watching the WHL and watching the giants come over Um and then, of course, Yuri Smithkal is a former Camelot Blazer. He bounced around through a number of different teams. Um, 
Mitesh Stransky, I do believe it's like one of the more recent players, though, who played yeah. in the Western Hockey League, who's on this team. Um, I remember him with Saskatoon. Can't exactly recall where else he played. But uh, moving on to Slovakia, Matthew, you can let us know what's going on there. Well, Slovakia has some has some good like for not just former, but uh, current uh, Samuel Natsko, who's a Columbus Blue Jackets prospect. Uh, he's over there and he's second round pick. So he's got a, a bit of a. I believe is a second round pick, a second or third, it might be a third round pick, but uh, again, he's a, you know, skilled defenseman. He's going to probably be a, a leader on that team. Um, he's joining Milos Roman uh, played for Vancouver between 2017 and 2020. I remember him over with the giants. Uh, he was pretty good as well. Um, defenseman Mar- Martin Gernat uh, with the Edmonton oil Kings, 2011 to 2013. Uh, Marla Gurman, Red Deer, Kootenai, Red Deer Rebels and the Kootenai Ice of 2014-2016. And uh, Martin, Martin Marenchen, who played in the NHL for a bit. Yeah. I believe the last team he played for was the Maple Leafs. Yep. Um, so, I mean, big defenseman. Maybe a little bit his skating's not up to – that's probably why he's not a top four defenseman. He never became that. But he's got, he got the size, which is good. Played for Prince George and Regina, and that was just for a couple of years, uh, an import player. So what do you remember from any of those guys? Uh, I know Roman is the guy that kind of stands out to me um, from the Giants here, but who have you uh, kind of been watching? Yeah, Milos Roman, somebody that definitely stands out, obviously more recent and somebody that we've probably both have paid more attention to in the last few years. Um, but Martin Marinson's a guy that I recall very fondly, um, especially with him playing with in Prince George when he would visit Kamloops quite often. Um, I remember him playing in Edmonton too, shortly after his WHL career. And then of course with Toronto, um, I don't think necessarily he was like, he's not like a bad NHL defenseman by any means. I still think he has what it takes to play that depth defense role. Um, he just, clearly felt like I think what a lot, you know a lot of players with the pandemic they felt it was easier to go back home and play and I think with a yeah. lot of these guys that's kind of what happened so you know it's good that he's getting this chance at playing at the Olympics and he of course represented uh, Slovakia at other tournaments at the world championships and stuff so I, I really like Slovakia and then you know you can't they're not in WHL players but Simone Nemec and your Slavkovsky yeah just the the young kids that are on that team this year it's they're going to be fun to watch (laughs) yeah i'm going to be looking at that because of the draft uh coming up here there's not i thought finland was going to bring some guys like uh joachim kemmel i thought they may look at brad lambert i mean it's kind of interesting they didn't take those guys because i mean some especially with all the other prospects that teams are are grabbing and but I mean, it's not like Finland. They've got some good players um, yeah, that they yeah. grabbed from their their own league. So I mean, that's it, probably not a bad decision. But I mean, you know, bringing some of that youth, when especially when you're playing against a lot of teams that have that youth, wouldn't have been a bad idea too. But you know, that's what Slovak Slovakia's got uh, a few guys that, or a couple guys that are going to be high draft picks. I mean, Nemec is, you know, I've got him projected on the top five. Um, and then, uh, Slavkovsky, I'm in the top 10. So, I mean, these guys are high end prospects. They're probably going to have uh, a chance depending on the coaching. I mean, this is where the coach is getting to, are they going to play them big minutes? Are they going to yeah. kind of rely on some of the more veteran guys? We'll see what happens there. Yeah. I think that that's, what's going to be interesting about, about this for sure. It's just how, how they go about playing these younger guys and, and, and yeah, just how the, how they go about playing the younger guys. Cause this is a tournament lacking NHL players, obviously not lacking the experience, but just lacking the players. So there's a lot of p- younger kids who get the big chance this year. And I think that's what is going to make the Olympics pretty exciting to watch heading forward. Oh, yeah. um, and then Switzerland, of course, they have Michael Fora, a former Camelot's Blazer defenseman, uh, Mirko Mueller. He, I believe played for the Everett Silvertips. I could be completely wrong about that. Um, <laughs> And then Calvin Turkoff, he played for the Kelowna Rockets. Mueller had some NHL time uh, with San Jose. He never really panned out. Um, but, you know, the, the Switzerland's another team that just kind of, they seem to ride the underdog wave and just kind of move along. They're kind of like Slovakia where they, they have talent, but for whatever reason, they just don't overly 
produce that either the players yeah. just prefer to stay in their home country is kind of what I see it as, you know, Switzerland's got a great league there, the national league, and it attracts a lot of homegrown talent. Well, yeah. I mean, in Mueller's case, I mean, he did have, he did play a bit in the NHL. I mean, his last yeah. times with the, the devils in 2020 um, played 50 games for him. So, I mean, two seasons straight of 50 games. So it, and he did, did put some, I mean, not a lot of points, but um, but 18th overall first round pick. I mean, the production he did have was not, I mean, not what the Sharks probably thought was going to come from him. Um, and, he, and you're right. He played for the Everett Silvertips um, two seasons okay. back in 2012 and yeah, 2012 to 2014. So, I mean, yeah, a good memory. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, I thought it was, thought it was Everett for sure. I just wasn't too, too sure. Um, so we'll move things along from the Olympics here. You know, always excited to watch WHL alumni and see where they're at, of course, in their careers. Uh, but we'll move things along here to some more current talk. Um, the Blazers have continued their win streak. That stretches to nine now. They're one of the hot teams in the league alongside the Everett Silvertips, who are just on a tear right now. We'll talk about Everett here shortly as well. Um, Logan Stankoven keeps his point streak still going. We'll chat with him about that later. You can hear all about that, but thoughts on where the Blazers are headed with this win streak, Matthew, what this kind of means for them with playoffs just around the corner. Do you think that they've kind of got a grip of their team again, considering the downfall that they went through for a little bit there? Well, it seems so. I mean, you know, getting on, I mean, Stankoven is just, I mean, I'm excited to talk to him about this because, uh, what he's doing there is, he's leading them. I mean, that's just that's what it is. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, having that point streak in them and it, of course coincides with the winning streak when your best players, your best players, um, yeah, you're yeah. probably winning games. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, nine straight that and going into the playoffs, if they can keep that kind of hot streak going, that's just, that's just great to going into the playoffs with, I mean, confidence, uh, your top players are playing, are producing and stuff like that. And I watched, like I say, I watched the Blazers because of Pearson and it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what Stan Coven says about him. I mean, it's, it's his first season and in, in um, North America. So I'm wondering of how, how he sees him on the team. So that's going to be exciting to see that or hear what, uh, what he has to say about that. But, but yeah, I'd say the Blazers are, they're on their way. I mean, I think, I think they're going to be one of the top uh, teams for, projecting to be a whl championship so there's a lot of great teams in the dub in the dub this year i mean mm-hmm. you know you're looking at the edmonton oil kings there uh they're another big winnipeg ice i mean they're, they're just it's pretty stacked but they're yeah. going to be up there for sure yeah no definitely and you touched on when you know your best players are producing at the rate that stan coven's producing and then you even add in someone we talked about last week uh luke toporowski who's just yeah. been an incredible addition to that team uh he's pretty much had picked up a point in almost every single game i do believe he was held pointless in one game but he's he keeps scoring you know we'll talk to logan about that as well but i think you know the blazers are a team that will be able to hopefully dominate the west but you know you're gonna have to deal with edmonton and that's a really tough team and then red deer of course and everett yeah. i mean it, it's like we talked about there's a number of teams and that's what i i'm so excited for the playoffs and just to see the uncertainty of what the playoffs brings um so moving along though uh you know while we're still talking about crazy things that are going on in the whl connor bedard's sensational goal i mean the toe drag the between the legs that what a goal i mean what there's really no words to describe it, but what do you have to say, Matthew? Uh, my gosh, I mean, that that goal is just—it's just draw. You know, your your jaw just drops to the floor when you watch. It. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I mean, are we surprised that Bedard does this? I, I'm not. I mean, I, I mean, no. Well, it's not surprising that he thing. did it, but it's still awesome to see. I mean, yeah. Uh, to do it at that speed that he ha- did it at. And then to have the have the wherewithal to actually you know put between your legs and as well. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree yeah. more. It's just uh, jaw dropping. And you know, he's a righty, and I, I'm a lefty. And, and you know, putting your the puck between the legs as a lefty isn't isn't too too bad. So as a righty, I wonder if it's harder. Just, <laughs> just I I don't know. I'm just you know trying to think about it here. But just the angle that he came in on and everything, just uh, 
incredible. You know, and that's the first of many, many goals that we're going to see from him throughout his career here. Um, just in the NHL, he'll do it. (laughs) And in the NHL, of course, he'll do it. Of course. Um, you know, he's a guy though, that I hope, um, you know, I hope Regina builds around him next year and brings in a lot of talent to surround him with because he needs that. You have a once in a lifetime generational player. Now that might be a stretch to say, but you have a player that's, you know, over Sidney Crosby caliber type deal where you can build a superstar team and go for and win a Memorial cup. And he can have this prolific WHL, career while transitioning to be a number one overall pick um i hope i hope regina does that you know a guy that i keep talking to one of my buddies about is joachim kemmel yeah if they can somehow get him to come over to regina i think that would be just a a fantastic lineup him but him bedard and tanner Howe. you could that would be a very nice line um so it's you know regina's a nice team they're gonna be nice in the future here uh, I'm very excited for Connor Bedard, of course. Um, just that goal, though, I- incredible. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to be. Well, like I said, he's going to be doing this in the NHL too. I mean, we don't know which with what team yet. Um, it, it's probably going to be with some of the teams that are already like they're not very good this year. There's probably going to be in that those realm again. The Coyotes, the yeah, I'm, you know, as much as I hate to say this, Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they're my second or probably third favorite team beyond the Winnipeg Jets are my next one, but um, you know, hopefully they're not having to deal with that. I mean, if he would go to Montreal, oh my gosh, I mean, <laughs> they would just the Lord and savior. So, but I mean, it, it, we'll see what team he goes to, but whatever team gets him is going to be, you know, set for a while. It just hopefully doesn't come into uh, the Western conference and the Pacific division. I don't really want to deal with him and Connor McDavid. So <laughs> yeah, that make that, that would be fun. And then of course, not even to mention the guys like Kale McCarr and everybody else are just going to be flying around out there too. It's just like, it's, it's crazy to think that like, we're talking about a kid who will not be drafted until next year. And we've talked about this before on the podcast and many times we've talked about it, but just the, the talent that surrounds him is is insane it's yeah it's once in a lifetime i think type deal yeah well i mean probably well we've talked about michkov too i mean this this well my gosh i just saw a clip this morning of him trying to pull off uh, the michigan yeah in in a game (laughs) i was just like holy cow like in the khl he's out there trying to do that it it, those two are going to be fun to watch that's i think you know you and i have grown up with the you more so have grown up with the, you know, the Ovechkin and Crosby type thing. And that's what I've surrounded myself with. And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of seeing here is that Bedard versus Michkov is going to be a Crosby versus Ovechkin modern day type rivalry, quote unquote rivalry. Yeah, I see that for sure. Michkov. I mean, the thing is that everyone's kind of still pointing to that contract that he signed in the KHL. He's a big contract. Um, 25, 26. I think he's not eligible to come over. So so, yeah. I mean, some teams may get turned off that, you know, but I mean, having said that, I mean, come on, you're going to draft him. I mean, you're not going to be going as like, oh, he's going to drop to like Pavel Bure dropping type thing. I mean, Bure dropped so far down because of teams didn't know he was going to come over. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, he's still going to be a, a, he probably will be second overall. I mean, first overall is Connor Bedard. I think, I don't think that's, there's no question about that, but. Yeah, that that draft is just going to be insane to cover. I mean, like I say, we haven't we haven't fully we haven't even really covered the 2022 yet, and we're talking about 2023. So yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting times, that's for sure. Especially you know being in the prospects world, it's it's crazy, it's crazy times. Well, we'll move things along here from (laughs) Connor Bedard to a former player now who had his number retired. So the Spokane Chiefs retired Tyler Johnson's number. Matthew, I'll let you kind of read the little thing here that the Spokane Chiefs provided. Yeah, Tyler Johnson, I mean, everyone knows what he did in Tampa Bay um, with the Chicago Blackhawks now, but born and raised in Spokane Valley. He had a prolific junior career with the Chiefs. They piled up 128 goals, 282 points in 266 games. 
helped the team win a WHL Championship Memorial Cup in 2008, earned MVP honors during the Ed Chenoweth Cup Final, won the WHL's Brad Hornung Trophy as the most sportsmanlike player for the 2010-11 season, and he capped his Chiefs tenure with a 115-point campaign, league-best, 53 goals, helped the club return to the Western Conference Final, and his journey, his, during his junior career, he also represented the state, the United States, winning a gold medal at the 2010 World Juniors. So, I mean, that's a pretty big resume. I mean, there's no, not really a question why his his number was retired. That's for sure. Yeah, no, no questions without a doubt. He's I remember him very distinctly actually when he played for Spokane. Um, he was he was very good. I, you know, and another player who was under undersized. He five eight yeah. five yeah. nine. Um, when he went, I believe when he went into his draft, he was five, eight or five, seven, he was a smaller guy still is. And he's somebody that has just had, he's had a really good NHL career. I mean, two Stanley cups with Tampa Bay. Um, he's now, I believe with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is a guy who has had a good NHL career as well. And, you know, hats off to him. Great WHL career deserves the number retired. Um, See, there's only a couple numbers retired in Spokane, and I believe Ray Whitney's is the only other one. So he joins yeah. Ray Whitney. Um, so very exciting stuff for him. And you know, of course, he's from Spokane. So that's got to yeah. be such an that's that's such an honor. <laughs> like you grow up in your own hometown, play for the junior team, and get your own number retired. I mean, yeah, congrats to him. Um, great career. Um, I, I remember that cup when they went in 2008 because i do believe that's when they had uh jared cowan and a couple other guys who were quite decent back then too in the for junior at least um but you know he does he deserves it as i've said said multiple times and then of course yeah two stanley cups i mean how can you not (laughs) how can you not like that i mean he and he played he played a good role with tampa bay too during those playoffs so it's not like he was just riding on for a, for, you know, hanging on for the ride or anything like that. Yeah. And again, this guy's undrafted. I mean, he didn't even and get undrafted. Drafted. I mean, yeah, you can't <laughs> forget about that. So that's like the biggest thing about what, you know, going into his draft is he was, he was so undersized and they just went, Oh, uh, I just, we don't know about this guy. And he just, nobody picked him up and here almost he is. Six, almost 600 games in the NHL is three away from that. Yeah. Um, Oh, 364 points. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can hit that. And then 65 points in the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> so great hey, statistics for sure. Big, big part of those, any those uh, cup winning teams, even though he wasn't the, the guy that, you know, in those two years, he won the cups. Uh, he wasn't, I mean, he had set, he had four goals, same amount of points in both of them, seven points. Mm. Um, I mean, he wasn't a massive guy like Kucherov, but, I mean, right, he played his role, did he played his role. And uh, I mean, a big skill guy. And he was playing on the fourth line, I believe, in the last couple Stanley, the Stanley Cup wins and having a fourth line center like that. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The lightning is just deep as hell. But uh, yeah. And I'm not too sure what his role is with Chicago at the moment. I'm not too familiar with that. Um, so I'm not sure if he's getting... hurt. He's been hurt. He's been okay. hurt this year. He only played eight games. So, I mean, it, yeah, it that makes more sense. Really played a lot. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to judge what he kind of brings to the Blackhawks yeah. when he's been hurt all the time. But um, he was sent there as a salary dumping thing. I mean, still has some hockey in him, I think. But uh, I think the Blackhawks are. I mean, the Lightning had to move him, and I was surprised that the Seattle Kraken didn't pick him up in the expansion draft because, yeah, I think he'd be pretty good there. But well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He would. I think he would have fit in great with Seattle, and then not to mention he's from that area, so he's from you know from the Washington area, so it works out. But I think, you know, like like you said, he's he's injured, so there's nothing really you can say about much about it. And then of course, Tampa Bay had to do what they had to do at the end of the year, um, getting rid of guys like him and David Savard and Barclay Goodrow and yeah, the the, the rest of the big salary contracts that they had to dump. Um, but again, congrats to him and whether or not he continues to go with his NHL career, I'm sure he will find a role somewhere, um, whether or not be with the Blackhawks is it's kind of seems like the Blackhawks are in this weird area where they're just kind of like thinking of trading everybody and just yeah. restarting. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I've read a few different things. So it's, 
it's very interesting. The Blackhawks are in the news for multiple reasons and not yeah. very good ones. No, so. and, and I mean they have an interim GM, which I'm not sure what his what type of power he's got. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to make any massive moves. I mean, he moved Nylander, but that's the only yeah. move he's really made. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, and it sounds like Peter Shirelli could be taking on some sort of role. I heard, I read that they really wanted him. So yeah, really wondering what Greg thinks about that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. Actually. <laughs> going to ask him. Yeah. Uh, we'll move things along from the Spokane chiefs though, to another United States team here as we kind of finish off this episode uh the Everett Silvertips I mean they've just been on a tear again since the Christmas break um but one player in particular that I kind of want to talk about there's a couple players Olin Zellweger is the other but Nico Hutanen a seventh round pick by the Lightning in last year's NHL draft 53 points in 43 games is his first time over here an import pick I mean he fell to the seventh round how does he fall to the seventh round and then come over and dominate junior yeah. Well, yeah. What, what do you what do you make out of that? And, and like I said, that last draft was so weird. Um, for guys dropping into these sixth, seventh round, fifth, whatever. I mean, look at where Stan Coven went down to. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I it's it's pretty crazy. The Lightning got this guy in the seventh round. What he's doing right now? I mean, fifty three. Like you said, fifty three points in forty three games. I mean, he's just racking them up, racking up the points and lightning got i mean the lightning lightning at themselves i mean their scouting department or their amateur scouts they're insane i mean how many how many uh later round picks have been really great for them like kucherov uh palat um there's more uh kalorn i mean yeah i mean undrafted or late round picks (laughs) like and, and like there's so many like it Taylor Radish, I think, is another one. Yeah. Chris Kachouk, Alex Barboulet. Like these yeah. are all guys who are playing in the NHL, who are playing depth roles, but they're they're thriving with the Lightning. It's yeah, it's kind of it's it, that scouting department is definitely a top notch department. Yeah, yeah. Even before Eiserman kind of came in there, they I yeah. Mean, I mean, now people point, oh, Eisenman kind of built. No, I mean, Eisenman had, I think, had the had the benefit of having that scouting department with them. So, and yep. now he's in Detroit with another good one. So, it, but I mean, yeah, it's, that's where, and that's the thing. That's where you have to go if you're a top-notch team. And I mean, yeah, the Lightning have their, you know, Headmans and uh, Stamkos and guys like that, but most of their team is built on lower round picks like Braden point. I mean, yeah, not low, low, but he was drafted not in the first round. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, was he third round point? I think he yeah, was he was third. third. I do believe he was third. Yeah. So, I mean, later, later round picks. I mean, this is where this team is built and this is where you build a team and stay competitive because you can have like the lightning. Yes. Like I said, they, they have headman, they have Sam coast, Yes, they were. Those were like high first, well, they were first overall picks. So, yeah, I mean, they do have those, but I mean, for the most part, their team is built on later round picks and it's amazing. And this guy's probably going to be another one that's going to thrive in the NHL, just knowing what they seem to be able to do. I, I think so too. I think he actually has all the traits to be a top six, even to be a top six forward, but well, if he can reach out with Tampa Bay, of course, because Tampa has that team where they've, you know, they've built quite a stacked roster and a very stacked depth chart, as we've talked about here. But, you know, he's somebody who I think can fill that top six role on an NHL club. I mean, he leans the silver tips and points and it's his first time over here in, yeah. in, in, in North America playing hockey. It's pretty incredible to see. Um, and then another guy that I just, you know, we wanted to talk about last year's draft too, Olin Zellweger. We've talked about him before, but, yeah. you know, 43 points, 33 games as well. Just he's another guy who has been doing who he's part of that Anaheim Ducks system. Another team that has great scouting, who is looking very, very nice in the future. I mean, with McTavish and Zellweger and Jacob Perot, um, there's Sasha Pasajov. There's so many guys to think about here in Anaheim who are coming up through the realms, but 
you know, Zellweger is a guy who's their top defenseman right now, but he's playing with Ronan Seeley, another guy who fell. He's playing for the Carolina Hur- or is yeah. a Carolina Hurricanes prospect. What do what do you make out of the Zellweger and Seeley pairing? And what, what do you think about Owen Zellweger? Well, I loved him when we were doing the draft coverage last year. And again, yeah. another guy I did not foresee where he dropped to. I mean, it, it's my rankings were all messed up. I mean, I don't like, <laughs> and look at my rank. I was looking at my rankings the other day and I was looking at this. It's kind of making me second guess what I'm doing now for this draft. And I don't know if it's anything to do with that because everyone's rankings were messed up last year. I think, I think, yeah, the pandemic played a big part in that, right? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, but Zellweger, I mean, I loved him. Um, and I think, I don't think I did his draft profile, but I know I talked about him uh, in my rankings a bit and, you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's a great defenseman. He's one of those, like, again, mobile, um, modern day type defenseman that you need on, on your team. And uh, I believe he was, he was really good in the under 18s as well. So, I mean, it, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that it was, yeah, Zellweger would have been. Yep. So, I mean, it, you know, he, he's a guy that's just, yeah, I, I mean, the Ducks, like we said about the Ducks, I mean, the Ducks getting him again and pass the job in there too. I mean, these two guys and this past draft, getting them where they got him. I mean, it's amazing. I think Zellweger, I think I had him in the first round in one of my rankings. So, I mean, or towards the end of the first round. So, I mean, it, yeah, I, I love him. I love how he plays. And I think he's going to be a great NHL defenseman. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's great seeing him thrive and uh, kind of affirm what we've been saying, what we saw, said about him before the draft. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He He's somebody who... Just completely, he, he seemed to just flew like he flew right under the radar, and now here he is, just lighting it up as an offensive defenseman with Everett, and you know Ronan Seeley is another guy who's out there doing great things as well. But you know Zellweger is he's an exciting player to watch. Um, you know he of course he made the World Junior Team uh, that of course was cut short as everybody knows, but he's already had who, he had a goal too. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he did he did score. But he's somebody yeah. as well who will be able to play for Canada this summer. And you know if if the World Juniors goes through this summer, I guess I should should put the point that out too. But. I'm excited for him. I think he's somebody who has that three-year kind of mark where you'll see him in the American Hockey League probably in the next couple of years. And then in the NHL, the year after, he'll take that one year to kind of develop in the minors and then they'll maybe place him up there. Um, but just that Anaheim squad has just so many good players in their depth chart. And it's exciting to see. Yeah. I mean, he had, well, he had eight points in seven games of the under 18s. So I think yeah. he led, he led to def- their fence. Um, and this is on a t- under 18s team that had Brent Clark. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of other defensemen that were higher end guys and he was leading the charge with, with the, you know, eight points there. Um, yeah. I, he, and he just kind of translates that and goes to the doubt, you know, back to Everett and just kind of, you know, keeps putting up the points and uh, plus minus he's a plus 35 too. So, I mean, much what you want to put plus minus how much stock you put into that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, 43 points in 33 games is pretty great. I mean, that, and he didn't drop too bad. I mean, he's 34th overall. That's just outside of the first round. So, but I mean, again, getting a guy that uh, I think he raised his stock after the under 18s there. I think that's what Mm -hmm. kind of made, made everyone kind of look at him a bit more so uh him drafted almost the you know closer to the first end of the first round which i think he was he was set to go in the third or fourth at times in the last year so yeah yeah and then just another set that other seven you know holy cow about to spit that out another seventh round pick there we go i figured it out <laughs> ronan seeley like 2020 Seventh round, 208th overall to the Carolina Hurricanes. And now he's the captain of the Everett Silvertips, 34 points, 35 games. I mean, he's uh, he's aggressive. He he loves to get up into guys' faces. He ties up attackers. He's really good at the two-on-ones, just handling them very well. Um, what I mean, Carolina, that's another <laughs> team that seems to have a good 
depth chart and you know they're able to they've got that good scouting system thanks to a guy I think like Eric Tulski but what, what do you make out of uh, Ronan Seeley well again I mean we're looking at another team the Carolina Hurricanes I mean they're a great team because of their scouting and there's another guy that's gonna I mean their defense has been pretty deep in their prospects and he's yeah. another one that just adds to it so I mean yeah I, I like his game too and it's one thing about these these defensemen that that come into the NHL now they all have to be good skaters and and have a bit of mobility and again he has that as well so I mean it and it's amazing how some teams can figure it out with their scouting and and other teams just can't seem to get prospects into their into the NHL so I mean scouting is just such a it's a hit or miss sometimes but some teams just seem to hit more than miss and uh we'll say the hurricane's got another one (laughs) yeah no for sure i think they've definitely got you know they snagged one here and he's going to be somebody who could play a pretty crucial role for the hurricanes in the future at some point here um it's always cool i think to see guys who go you know like in the fifth to seventh rounds make the nhl and just you completely defy the odds of what normal people expect out of like a fifth to seventh rounder if you kind of get what i'm saying you know so it's 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 cool and i think he's somebody who yeah has the full potential to thrive in the nhl yeah i i i agree for sure um but i mean everett's just such a good team i mean well, <laughs> yeah i mean my gosh. If they're developing i mean jackson berzowski is doing great things for them too and i mean just yeah that everett team's on a tear right now they're they're doing well they're doing quite well for sure <laughs> well i think that wraps up everything for today's episode so far um we are going to pass things off here to logan stankoven and that interview i just want to thank everyone again for listening uh please follow us on twitter at western centric if you have any comments or want to bring us bring something up uh we will now leave you guys all with our interview with Camelot's blazers captain logan stankoven Well, everyone, it's my pleasure to welcome our next guest to the show. This forward was selected in the second round of the 2021 NHL draft by the Dallas Stars. And last spring, he won a gold medal with Team Canada at the under-18 IIHF tournament. And this past winter, he was named to the World Juniors team where he would record a goal in his first game. He is currently co-captain of the Kamloops Blazers and was recently named WHL Player of the Month. Please welcome Logan Stankoven. How are you doing today, Logan? Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. Um, thank you for having me on the podcast. So I think I just want to, you know, we're both from Camelot, so I just want to touch up with that. So growing up in Camelot, how did you get into hockey? Um, I think it's just uh, my family roots and my dad. Um, basically, he had he had uh, two older brothers that uh, played hockey when he was younger. Um, one was a goalie who ended up getting a, a scholarship to um, – University of North Dakota there. Um, and then his other brother was a player and uh, he played junior A growing up. And then my dad was uh, the youngest of, of the brothers and he um, he was a goalie growing up. So um, cool. when I was born, my dad just kind of, I don't know, put, put skates on me, put me in the ice. And, um, you know, I think my passion for the game and my love for the game just kind of grew from there. So, um, and yeah, now I'm here today. and. Um, you know, it's, it's my life. So. That's awesome. Um, did you want to play for the Blazers growing up or were you just kind of going into the WHL draft? Did you just kind of not really care where you went? Um, I think there was a part of me that really wanted to go to the Blazers for sure. Um, yeah. it's a privilege, any team to, to pick you and select you in the draft. Um, but, uh, at the same time, I think some of those teams kind of honored that, uh, you know, I'm from Kamloops and, uh, you know, the Blazers kind of had a pick within my range in the draft there. Um, and, uh, luckily enough, they, they, uh, selected me and, um, I really enjoyed my career here so far and being able to live at home and, uh, play in front of friends and family every night. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely memorable for sure. Uh, did you have a favorite Blazer growing up? Um, yeah, I had lots of favorite Blazers. <laughs> Uh, Brendan Ranford was one of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Garrett Pilon. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 
he was a good player too. Um, Colin Smith, Cole Yuley. There's there was a whole bunch of guys that I loved watching. You know, growing up when when the Blazers made their playoff runs and stuff. So, um, I mean, I don't know if I can just name one one favorite Blazer. I've got a I got a handful of them. So, yeah, for sure. That's I, it's funny you mentioned Ranford too, a Dallas Stars connection there. So that's pretty cool. But yeah. So that, that's awesome. No, I remember all those guys for sure. Um, Matthew, what you? I'll let you ask something here. <laughs> um, yeah, Logan, I'm just wondering who your most influential uh, person in your life growing up was. It a, a NHL player, or someone in your family, or a coach, or something like that? Um, I'd probably just say my dad. Uh, he's put lots of time and effort into kind of helping me get to where I am today, and. Um, both my parents have been huge. Um, you know, they've been big helps and, and, uh, furthering my career, but, uh, I definitely say my dad just because, you know, he was a little bit more involved in the hockey side of things. Um, my mom would kind of go with my sister with, for her sports. And then my dad would take me for my sports. Right. So, um, it was kind of like a girls and, and guys thing, I guess. Yeah. In the family. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with my dad growing up and, uh, you know, he kind of helped me, uh, you know, pursue my dreams and, um, yeah, I can't thank him enough for all he's done for me. Yeah, that, that's cool. I am, you know, being an undersized, uh, forward, uh, I love, I love guys that, um, you know, overcome their being an undersized guy. Uh, is there someone in the NHL right now that you kind of model your game after that that's undersized, that's been able to be a successful NHL player? Yeah, I think guys like Cole Caulfield or uh, even Alex DeBrincat, uh, you know, just to name a few guys like that, um, you know, obviously both of them are on the smaller side, not the biggest guys, but uh, both of them have a knack for for scoring goals. And, um, you know, they're not afraid to kind of get into the dirty areas and, and go to the net. And, um, you know, I think that same goes for me. I'm not not scared of the physical play or a guy that uh, will shy away from taking pucks in the net. Um, you know, I think, you know, two guys like that are great, uh, great to kind of look up to and, and watch from them and learn and, and see, you know, what makes them su successful at that next level. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely. And, you know, when I've written about you, I've compared you kind of to Alex to bring cat in that sense where you guys play that similar, similar style for sure. Um, so, you know, something you, you've been on a tear this season. I mean, you guys alone have been on a, on a tear this season, nine game win streak right now. What's something that you wanted to bring to the table this season that you knew could take your game to the next level? I think just being more engaged. And, um, I mean, I think this is my third year with the Blazers now I'm an 18 year old. So I think I can also kind of, you know, be a bit more physical than, you know, how I have been in the past. Um, you know, being an older guy, I have a little bit more strength and, um, you know, I think just being more engaged will help my overall game. And obviously at the next level, um, you know, guys are big and fast and, um, you know, they finish checks. So I think you kind of have to round out your game. And um, for me, I just try and kind of find that hunger within me to, to finish my checks. And obviously it's not a huge part of my game. It's not something that, uh, you know, uh, something that I do all the time, but uh, if I can kind of add that to add that element to my game, I think it can help uh, going into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was there something that maybe the Dallas Stars said to you when you were at camp that they wanted you to work on? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was my skating. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm a slow skater, but I think I'm not as efficient as, you know, I, I potentially can be. So, um, they sent me back with a bunch of different exercises and workouts um, to kind of help me with my stride. And um, also, you know, Dallas has a skating coach there. So I've been kind of working with him and sending him clips of, of um, you know, my skating and my skating style to kind of help me. And um, he obviously reviews that and tries to give me tips and, and stuff to help help me out that way. So it's, uh, it's a pretty good setup. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a great setup for sure. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you about, because uh, I'm, I'm a Canucks writer, so I, I want to ask you about Victor Pearson, uh, draft pick for the Canucks. Uh, 
what do you know about him? Uh, what do you like about his game uh, first year with the, with the Blazers? Yeah, I didn't really know much about Victor kind of going into the season. Um, I've seen, you know, a couple of clips of, uh, you know, some of the plays that he's made. And um, the thing that stands out for me most is how great of a skater he is. Um, I definitely think that's something that uh, as the season, you know, is kind of progressing here, I've noticed it more and more. And um, obviously, you know, being a defenseman like that, um, you know, you got to be a great skater and, um, you know, he's got some, some great skills as well. And I think he's starting to kind of come out of his, come out of his shell a bit now too, you know, being, you know, more than halfway through the season now. And, um, you know, he's obviously got a bomb from the point too. So uh, I think he's got a, you know, promising career ahead of him and uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how it all plays out for him. Well, I think, Keeping on like the topic of this season, I you know guys like Matt Lindgren, Matthew Seminoff, and Fraser Minton—they're all draft eligible this year. Have you kind of given them any insight about you know what to think about the rankings and how you know rankings aren't always something to really pay attention to heading into the draft? Yeah, I think those guys kind of understand that a bit. Uh, obviously, me and a few other guys went through it last year, and. Um, I just kind of helped them out. I said, Hey, it's stressful. You know, you can't hide the fact that it's your draft year and yeah, there's things going on around you and you got the pressure from scouts and, you know, your agent and your parents and your friends. And um, obviously you want to perform to the best of your abilities. Um, you know, it's, it's a stressful time, but um, you know, I think just uh, focusing on, you know, the main goal and taking, you know, every shift uh, one by one and, you know, going out there and doing what you can do to, to make a difference and leave it all on the ice. I think that's all you can ask for. And um, at the end of the day, if a team really likes you, they're going to pick you. And um, you know, once the draft is all kind of done with over and said with um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you go in the draft. Um, it's what you kind of do after that. So that's, you know, the way I kind of look at it. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Um, moving, you know, talking about the draft, uh, when you were drafted, um, during the combine, did, did any GMs or scouts, uh, ask any out of ordinary, uh, out of the ordinary questions, uh, during that draft, uh, the interviews and stuff like that? Um, oh, it's probably a while ago, but, uh, <laughs> there were a few, can't remember. I know there's a few questions. I don't remember the exact questions, but, uh, I remember there's a few teams that, uh, I remember, I think it was the Islanders. They made me do a, um, it was like a personality trait, like test. It was like, oh, an yeah. <laughs> where basically it was over zoom. Um, you had to print out the test yourself uh, and basically do it while one of the scouts was watching you. So that was, kind of, I don't know, uh, probably <laughs> situations, right. It's kind of tough, but um, yeah. A lot of guys had that and uh, they all kind of said, yeah, it was just kind of a weird situation, but <laughs> I mean, every, I bet. every team has their different uh, ways of trying to get to know you and stuff. So, but uh, I think kind of a little bit of a, an odd way to do it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, pandemic couldn't really go to the draft or anything like that how did you find out about being drafted was it something that was texted to you like right before or how, how did that process go down um basically well the night before the first round happened on the first day there so um basically I kind of sat in the living room with my family um and the, I think it was the NHL network or whoever it was they they previously had asked me to um, go on the live stream just in case, you know, I was mm -hmm. dropped around. Obviously that wasn't the case, but, um, I was kind of up bright and early the next morning, uh, hoping that my name was called, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And, um, you know, I just kind of waited and, um, I kind of had a feeling that once I found out that Dallas had two picks back to back, I kind of got a, a text from my agent saying that, Hey, Dallas, Dallas is going to take, uh, you with one of their picks there. And uh, I didn't really think too much of it at the time because I wasn't too sure. But uh, I had a feeling just with the connection, you know, with Tom Glardy being, yeah. you know, kind of owner of the Blazers and yeah. 
um, with the stars there too, there was kind of that connection. So, um, uh, yeah, found out right then and there. And, uh, yeah, it was an exciting day for myself and my family. That's, that's awesome. I, I was, you know, I'll be honest. I thought you were going to go in the first round. Um, and you know, when, when you didn't, I remember texting one of my buddies about it, but you know, did you feel any adversity heading into the season being a second round pick, but knowing, you know, maybe knowing that your talents are first round material? Yeah, I think a big part of it had to do with my size. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that yeah, and, yeah. the teams try and stay away from it because you never know how a player is going to turn out down the road. But um, I was pretty confident in my abilities. And, um, you know, obviously it was a small sample size in my draft. I only played 14 games. But, uh, you know, I thought I showed pretty well with uh, the six games that I had with the Blazers. And then uh, I believe I had eight games at the U18s there. And I thought I did, you know, what I could to try and solidify, solidify myself as, as a first round pick. But um, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter too much, but at, at the time it was pretty disappointing when, you know, the first round had passed and my name wasn't called, but um, I think just, I think that's just something that kind of adds fuel to the fire and motivates me uh, this season. And um I think that's kind of helped me, you know, have success this year. I keep that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. We, we as hockey writers, we had you in the first round Uh, (laughs) towards the end of the first round. Most of our rankings were there. So uh, definitely thought you should have been a first round pick for sure. Um, You went uh, to the Dallas stars uh, training camp and made some great impressions of what we heard. Uh, What was the camp like? Uh, Who were you, some of the guys that you tried to familiar yourself with, with on the team? Uh, Yeah other prospects, uh, you know, rookies, uh, any of the veterans, um, what, what was that about? Um, yeah, that was a really great, great experience. I think it was just nice to kind of get that first taste of what pro hockey's like. Um, I had the, the rookie camp at first there, and then they took all of us kind of rookies and, and younger guys to the Traverse city tournament. And, uh, that was fun just to kind of play some of the other prospect teams and, um, it was a good learning experience for me just to find out, uh, you know, how fast that hockey is. And, um, obviously the guys are bigger and stronger too. So, uh, next year I'll have a good, uh, a good idea of what it's going to be. Um, you know, it's going to be my second year at that tournament next year. So, um, you know, after that, we kind of came back and had main camp and, um, I remember my group was, uh, the, the group that I skated with had Pavelski and, Heiskanen and Robertson and uh, Bishop, um, you know, Blake Como, guys like that. So it was cool just to, to see, you know, the level they play at. And um, yeah. it was kind of calling me by my nickname. So that was pretty cool. And <laughs> we had a couple of good laughs. But uh, for most part, I just kind of hung around the younger guys like Maverick Bork, Wyatt Johnston, um, Antonio Stranges. So um, it was just a fun experience to kind of see the organization, see the facilities, get to know people. Um, that was the biggest thing. That's awesome. Yeah. I read that tweet about that, um, about Pavelski calling you by your nickname. Uh, I was going to ask you about that, but that that's super cool, especially for a veteran like himself, um, you know, and growing up watching him, that must've been a really cool experience. Um, I just want to transition into your U18s and the world juniors. So you captured the gold medal at the U18s there. Uh, you played with some guys like Mason McTavish and Connor Bedard. Um, what what was exciting about the U18 tournament? What was winning gold like for you? Um, and what was playing with guys like McTavish and Bedard like? Yeah, that U18 experience was was a whole lot of fun. Um, being able to play with guys like McTavish and, and Bedard, uh, you know, I don't think I don't think McTavish was, you know, uh, that highly touted kind of going into that U18 tournament. Um, you know, obviously the, the OHL wasn't playing that year yet. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a big tournament for him and he showed up big time for us. And, um, you know, obviously he got drafted really high and um, he's one of the best players for our, our 03 age group. And yeah. uh, he's just kind of got that full package. He's physical, can go to the dirty areas, but he's got a lot of skill and um, he's a big body. So um, definitely one of the best players, you know, I've got to play with and uh, Bedard is obviously, you know, a whole nother talent and 
Uh, even just seeing uh, the goal he scored last night against Calgary, yeah. pretty ridiculous. So, um, you know, there's big things to come for both those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, you you guys win gold and all that, and then you go into the World Juniors. Um, just, you know, I read a column about how you were shocked to be named to the World Juniors, um, to even be named to the selection camp, let alone the team. Do you want to maybe walk us through your emotions and just what that was like for you personally? Uh, yeah, so just being invited to the camp kind of in December there um, was huge for me. And, um, I mean, it was just a great experience overall. And then, you know, the time that I found out um, that I was named to the team, uh, it was just kind of a shocker to me because, you know, there's some great players there like, uh, you know, Luke Evangelista. And um, I remember uh, like Jack Finley, there's just some great players there that uh, could have easily made the team as well. And um, obviously I knew that I wasn't going to be, you know, kind of a top six guy in the, in the lineup there. I was kind of, I knew that if I made the team, I was going to be in, in, in and out of the lineup type of guy or um, a guy that would kind of fill in if there was an injury or if a guy got sick. So um, for me, it was just an honor to be named to that team and um, kind of get that experience under my belt. And uh, obviously I'll be eligible for next year's tournament as well. So that'll be a cool experience. Um, I was just happy to kind of get in that one game against Austria and, um, you know, just to score that goal was a pretty cool feeling. And my family ended up coming out and watching too. So that's um, awesome. it was just nice to kind of have that support. And, um, you know, after that game, I had so many texts and uh, messages on my phone, you know, kind of congratulating me. So um, it's just, it was just kind of surreal for me. It was all kind of a dream just because you grew up watching the world juniors around Christmas time. It's a family tradition, right? And yeah. now to part of it and be on the team and play on TV. It's, uh, it's pretty special. Definitely. And, you know, and you got to play with Dylan Garand too, you know, your teammate from the Blazers, obviously. And you ha- was that a special thing being able to come together from Kamloops and being able to play together? Yeah, that was awesome. I know that, uh, before the, before that camp even, um, happened, he was already named to the team, obviously he played last year too. So he kind of, he kind of already had his, his spot on the team, but, um, for a guy like me, it was, uh, I was kind of on the bubble. So, um, he was one of the first guys to text me and congratulate me on making the team. And he was super supportive and happy for me. So to have a teammate and, uh, uh, to kind of go to that tournament, you know, knowing someone, um, you know, kind of learning from him and asking him, you know, a few questions about how last year's tourney went and um, how much he enjoyed it. So uh, I just kind of learned from him and uh, I was just, you know, made me feel more comfortable having a guy like him there with me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just, you know, with the with the World Juniors there, it was, you know, obviously it was cancelled uh, or postponed. Um, are you excited that it could, you know, potentially uh, you know, get started up again in August and what type of experience, like you're going to have a lot of hockey before that. Um, what type of experience that you'll take from this pass? I mean, you're on such a tear with the Blazers, you're captain of the team as well. I mean, uh, I mean, that experience is going to help you out uh, for the world juniors coming up in August, if it does happen then. Yeah. Um, you know, once I found out, uh, I think it was about a week ago that they're going to reschedule in August. Uh, I was super pumped about that. Um, you know, not every day a kid gets that opportunity to, to play in the world juniors. And, uh, it was really disappointing for, you know, a lot of the, the O2 players, right. Cause it's their yeah. last eligible for that tournament. And yeah, not saying that it's, uh, you know, not as important or not as, you know, disappointing for me, but, um, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a tough, tough situation there, but uh, I knew that I had the next year to look forward to as well. So, um, but uh, having another shot at it this summer would be, would be awesome. And um, I'm not really too sure if they're going to have to repick the team or if they're going to take the same guys, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But um, for me, it's just focusing on what I can do now to help the team win and um, progress as a player and as a person. And then, uh, you know, hopefully uh, be selected to that team again uh, to play in August. Definitely. Yeah. I, 
I think he'll make that team for sure. <laughs> no bias, of course. But, you know, I just want to circle back just for a second, back to you growing up, of course. Um, wh- who was your favorite player in the NHL? Ah, uh, Crosby, for sure. Just, Crosby, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he's the best player in the world. But uh, I think I just looked up to him for the person that he was off the ice, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's many, so many people talking about how great of a person he is. And um, I can't recall you know, seeing one bad thing about him on social media or something that he's done bad. Um, it's all positive. Uh, he's always, you know, out in the community, helping out, you know, kids and uh, putting on hockey camps. And um, he just kind of goes above and beyond, you know, a guy like him. It's uh, pretty easy to look up to him. And, um, you know, every kid dreams of, uh, you know, being being like him. But, uh, yeah, I was definitely my favorite player growing up. That's sweet. Yeah, Crosby makes sense. I guess that's kind of almost every Canadian kid's <laughs> favorite player growing up. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty- <laughs> so just, I want to ask you one more thing here. Luke Toporowski, he's been a big addition for you guys. I mean, what's been playing with him like? Um, I know we've kind of talked a bit about him maybe wanting to make a, an impact on some scouts and get his name out there for a pro contract after, because he's a 20 year old, of course. Um, what's playing with him like, and how is he, you know, how has he, how's he been in the locker room? Yeah, Luke's been a great addition for us. Um, all three trades that we made, uh, Rebicki, Anglot and, and Toporowski have been huge for our team. And, um, you know, obviously for me being able to play with Luke and kind of create that chemistry, it's been a lot of fun so far. And, um, I think in a way we're pretty similar players. Uh, he's a little bit taller than me, but, um, we're both, uh, players that, uh, have a knack for scoring goals and, and putting pucks in the net. And, um, you know, I think what's making our line work really well right now is none of us are being selfish at all. We're all moving the puck and, um, you know, working, working for each other. And I think that's what brings, you know, our line success and, uh, obviously having bank here in the middle there, uh, he's a great centerman wins lots of draws too. So, um, you know, I think the three of us, we got, a, we got a good mix of, of everything going on there. And uh, obviously we're not afraid to kind of go to the net too. So, um, you know, obviously he's a great player, but then, you know, kind of away from the rank too, he's a great, great guy. And, um, we've been starting to kind of get uh, pretty close as, as friends here lately. So, um, I'm, I'm sure that's something that'll, it'll, it'll grow more and more as the season goes on. No, for sure. No, that's awesome. I, he's been, he's been fun to watch. You, you three have been, have been really fun to watch these last few weeks since you guys have acquired him. Um, Matthew, do you have anything more you want to ask? Um, just one more question about, uh, I mean, you're like, I've mentioned before, you're captain of the Blazers this year, first, first year as captain, uh, took over for Connor Zari. Um, is that something you, I mean, obviously your captain, um, is that something you pride yourself on? Is that leadership? Uh, and, do you foresee, I mean, there's a lot in the future, but do you foresee that you could be captain of an NHL team uh, in the future? Um, yeah, it's obviously a nice honor. And uh, I think it's even more special that uh, I get to wear the C, um, you know, at home in front of my fans and, um, you know, in my hometown. So um, I just try and be, you know, the best role model possible for, for the younger kids and, um you know, just do the right things, uh, both on the ice and off the ice. So, um, I mean, obviously it'd be a dream come true to be a captain of an NHL team someday, but, uh, you know, those are the best players in the world and, um, it'll take lots to get there, but, uh, I think I'm just kind of thinking about the, the small picture right now. And, um, you know, hopefully I can lead this team to a deep playoff run and, um, you know, you never know what can happen in the playoffs. So it'd be pretty cool to, to play for a Memorial cup, uh, either this year or even next year, it'd be, uh, you know, something, uh, that I I've, I've dreamed of for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, you guys are, you got a team that's definitely built for that this year and, you know, moving into next year, I've heard a lots of talk about building for a Memorial cup next year, even if it doesn't work out this year. Um, Hey, is that something that you guys are talking about in the locker room is trying to make that deep push and, you know, play against these top teams like Everett and Edmonton and Winnipeg? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. I know that uh, it, it, it won't take one line. Um, it'll take all four lines to, to contribute and do their part to, 
to contribute every once in a while, but then also make sure that, uh, you know, you're keeping the puck out of, out of the net in our own end there. So, um, you know, I think it was good to see this weekend, obviously my line didn't contribute as, as much as we would have liked, but, uh, sometimes weekends go like that. It's not all going to be, uh, you know, I, sunshine and rainbows you could say yep. but it's yep. good that uh, our second line and our third line even our fourth line was was contributing too so uh it's something that we're going to need down the playoffs because uh you know it's not going to be easy um to make a deep playoff push it's there's going to be lots of adversity so you got to work through that and um you know having having lots of depth is is, is you know really important so yeah, definitely. I think that's something that that's what you guys have for sure is depth. And that's what if that's what gets you over. That's that's what will be the big, you know, addition there. Um, I that wraps I think that wraps up everything for me for what I have to say um, or I want to ask you. Uh, I want to thank you so much for for coming on again. Um, Matthew, do you have anything else you want to add? No, just uh, grateful for coming on the podcast. Uh, we're very early on in our only had like six, seven episodes. So very appreciative of you coming on, uh, Logan. And it's going to be exciting to watch you uh, keep watching in Kamloops and into the NHL one day as well. Yeah, of course. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. Appreciate it. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.